to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where a couple of friends sit around and discuss healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hey Ashley, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you, Dawn? I am good. I'm good. This episode is going to be Valentine's Day, so it'll come out on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, a little early for you, Ashley, but for everybody else, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I was thinking about this podcast, and as you know, I'm, I am single. I have my son, and we don't usually get whipped up about certain things. But so Valentine's Day is for me is always a little bit of a weird day. Um, I've of course always picked partners that have not. I get flowers. I get right, but it's never been a holiday for me that it, I don't. I don't know. I just don't look at it as a holiday. But it is a day to remind me that I am by myself that I won't have dinner plans or I won't get flowers I won't get a card or I won't get a happy valentine's day from a romantic partner and that logically I know it just it's not a true it's like not a real holiday but I can't help with societal things to to kind of be in my feels and remind me that I'm that that I'm alone right so, I mean, I, I definitely get that. I, I totally get the feeling of expectation versus reality. Let me ask you, because you said you said there's certain things, right, that going out or the day being special, where do those things come from? Like, like what makes you think that those things, what are those things, and what makes you think that those things are part of Valentine's Day? Society. Like, right, I mean, consumer. It's consumer thing, right? You're supposed to... You know, society says you're supposed to go out on Valentine's Day and go to a romantic dinner and get flowers and get a, get, you know, the overly priced heart box of candy. And, and the funny thing is, I'm competition. I'm not a flower person. I, I love getting flowers. I'm not going to say, I used to say, oh, I hate flowers. I do love flowers, but I'm not a person that has flowers all over their house or a plant all over their house because to me flowers die and I'm not the best I don't have the biggest green thumb so and chocolate's something I don't need and so it's like it's not even like all this stuff whips me up anyways it's just the fact it's not about the stuff it's about the fact that I'm that I I feel alone on on Valentine's Day and logically I know that I am not alone I'm not alone I am very much, I have people. Absolutely. And, right, there's the, the, there's reasons why you feel alone, right? So I think so many times in life, people get into those old habits and don't actually explore the thoughts that they have, right? So I could feel alone whether I am by myself or whether I have 18 people sitting around me and I just don't like the conversation, right? I can feel alone any time, but I think that we are so programmed from young children by society 
to believe that this is the way people show love. And then there's the competition aspect of it, right? If you love her, you'll get it bigger. Or you get to work and somebody's having flowers delivered and then somebody else has flowers and chocolates and then somebody else has flowers and chocolates and balloons. And then you're over here like, oh, am I important? Right. I feel He didn't spend all that money on me. Another place I could, right, that could potentially lead me into feeling like I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Absolutely. Well, and not only that, but like, right, those are those, get back to that, I allowed, right? That's what I am allowing myself to feel. I'm not necessarily lonely. I know there's people out there that love me. Just because I am alone in this moment does not mean that I am alone in life. Just because I am by myself does not mean that I am alone. So my entire life, I've sat in rooms of people and have felt very lonely. And I think for me, deciphering, I, there's, a, there's alone, there's lonely, and then there's by myself. So what's the difference? To me, alone is, a, is my brain. That I have no one and I'm in this entire world completely by myself alone i want to use the word alone i'm i'm it's like i have no one else and lonely for me is i'm sitting here and i'm i'm starting to tell myself a story i'm starting to look at the future i'm starting to think oh would be nice to have company oh it'd be nice to have someone to cuddle up on the couch Oh, it'd be nice to go out to dinner, right? I'm looking at the future. When I'm like si- you're feeling like you're missing something? Yes. Big difference that I hear you saying is when I'm alone, when I when I'm feeling alone, it's in my brain. It's thoughts in my head. Society has told me I should have someone with me in this physical presence at this time. And so, therefore, I'm alone, right? Versus, I am feeling lonely, which is something that I am getting from deep within me, instead of something that's on the outside telling me I should have this, a thought versus my feeling. Yes. Great way to say it. And then being, and when I sit here and I say I'm by myself, I'm not looking in the past. I'm not looking in the future. I'm just sitting here by myself. Like here in this moment, in this instant, I am by myself. There is no other physical live presence with me. Well, I, w- I would count Bo as a live presence. And he's over, <laughs> he's over here laying on his side, passed out. Uh, okay, no other human being. <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm just in this room right now by myself. There's no one else here. I don't miss anyone. I'm not looking at what I'm, I don't have. I'm just by myself. Like, it's just a statement. I'm by myself. I'm not alone. Right? I'm in a very healthy place. My, my mind is in a very healthy place. I'm okay with where I'm at, so I'm just by myself. It's a very different thing than feeling alone and being alone. Absolutely. They are both very, very different. And I don't like um, the word alone. 
I don't like when when people say to me, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting here alone. Well, no, you're not lo- alone. You're, you're by yourself. Very different thing. Yeah, and I think the way we say it means a lot, too. I think the way that we say it makes a big difference. If I say, yeah, I'm alone today. There's nobody here right now. It's no big deal. But if I say, oh, I'm so alone, that's a very different, right? Those two statements are very, very different. One is just very matter of fact, I'm alone. I'm alone. So if I say I'm alone, it just, and I'm saying it in a tone that is simply nonchalant, like, oh, yeah, it's just me. I'm alone today. It's no big deal. Then we accept, right? It's no big deal to that person. I don't have to say anything to them. But if I come and I'm like, oh, I'm so alone and there's just nobody here and I'm so lonely and alone. And that's a very, very different conversation because, right, no one's alone. That's as long as we're working our program, as long as we're living in our recovery, part of that is believing in, in a power greater than ourselves. Therefore, we can't possibly be alone. I used to sit in my aloneness and very much be a poor me person in that poor me mindset. And it's, it's so different nowadays because... I relish in my aloneness. <laughs> the thought of going into the dating world, being in the dating world, and actually getting into a relationship, and this is one of the things that I struggle with right now completely, is being wanting to be in a relationship because, right, I do want someone to do things with, and, and I want to have an intimate relationship with a partner. But then I also, on the other side of it, I'm like, man, I love my space. I love having all of this to myself. Right. Well, and right, there's your gratitude, right? Being able to find the things that you enjoy about being by yourself. I want to really focus on how how do we get from the place of, I feel so alone, I am lonely, to wait a minute, I am by myself. And part of that, I believe, for me, is examining that thought Mm -hmm. that I am lonely, I am alone. Let me stop and actually explore this thought. I think so many times we have a thought, and instead of exploring it for a minute, we become afraid of it and we just shove it down and try to turn it off. For me... There's a fine line, right? We don't want to obsess about a thought, but it's important, I think, to explore the thought at the same time. Why do I feel alone? Why do I feel lonely? Well, I feel lonely because I'm sitting here by myself and I want to talk to someone, but I don't have anybody to call. Okay, well, who all can I call? I have a phone full of phone numbers. I mean, there's probably 600 phone numbers on my phone. Surely there's someone on my phone I can call. And even the people I think I can't call or I think won't answer, if I just pick it up, a lot of times they'll call. So I'm telling myself a story, right? Right. So explore that thought. Or, right, and, and, not or, and 
that's how we get wrapped up. That's how I get wrapped up in those old habits, in those codependent behaviors, in those those self those, those people pleasing, those insane behaviors that I have worked so hard to get out of is by not examining my thoughts. Just here they come freewheeling at me and I'm just grabbing this one and latching on and now I'm not examining it at all and I'm not choosing which one. I'm just, it's a habit, right? I'm just doing it. Whereas if I stop and I examine it, I can say, no, that thought's not correct. I can call these people but I'm choosing not to. Right. Why am I choosing not to? Usually that begins to right get into the healing, the growth, the self-help where we're examining ourselves and exploring ourselves. But that's also usually what we're running from when we're feeling so alone and lonely is because we're afraid to be by ourselves with ourselves. One of the things I learned early on was, first of all, I'm never by myself or I'm never alone. Let me use it that way. I'm never alone. My higher power is always with me. I can always have a conversation with my higher power. And more times than not, I need to be having a conversation with my higher power because I always have work to do as far as my own personal growth. Well, and if I'm feeling alone or lonely, then there's definitely something I need to explore within myself with my higher power. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times for me, just getting it out on paper um, or from, I'm not a big journaler, but just talking about it out loud with my higher power. Like I said, I'm, I'm sitting here in a room by my, by myself right now. Who cares if I talk out loud to myself? Nobody's here. My dog don't care. So I'm just going to start talking out loud. Heck, your dog probably thinks you're talking to him, wagging his tail. Heck yeah. And he's the best at ignoring me. So he's like, yeah. And so outside of, you know, so there's always my higher power. The other thing I've realized too is I am the best damn company there is. I am great company. I used to always feel like I was missing out on something. Like I said earlier, right? Valentine's going out to dinner, flowers, a box of candy. I can take myself, if I really want to go out to dinner on Valentine's Day to a nice restaurant, well, I can go out to dinner to a nice restaurant on Valentine's Day. I just have to make reservations and I go. If I want flowers on Valentine's Day, I'm going to go buy, I'll go buy flowers for myself. And I'm, the funny thing about that is I'll get the flowers that I want. The, the, You'll make reservations at the restaurant you like. Exactly. I'll go buy a box of chocolates, but I won't buy the variety assorted ones that you have to poke the hole in the bottom because you, gotta, you don't want to get the one you don't like. I'll go buy the box of chocolate covered caramels that I like. And Dawn, what if what if people stare at you because you're sitting by yourself? What if they think that you're like, like you got ghosted or you got stood up or something? There will be at least one person in that restaurant that will look at me and say, God, she's got balls. Look at her. I would never do that. I would never go out to eat by myself. Wonder how she does that. But then down the road, that person might say, I'm going to go out to eat by myself. I want to go try that. 
And so that's what I, I had to get out of the thought of everybody staring at me and saying, the poor woman, because there are people in that restaurant by, that are looking at me like, wow, I wish I could do that. I need to try that. Hell, there might be some people in that restaurant that are admiring your dress or your shoes. Exactly. Or maybe they're just gazing nonchalantly in your direction and you think they're staring at you. What I have learned about other people's thoughts is that they're none of my business. And usually, if I tell the people what I think they're thinking, they tell me I'm wrong. Yep. I don't believe them. <laughs> right? I always never believe them. Uh, but, but usually, they tell me that I'm wrong. And so that is the one for me going out and doing things on my own. I love going out to eat on my own. I, um, because I do get to pick the place I want to go. I have been in relationships where I have been the one responsible for the bill, whether it's I'm in my marriage and I'm the one that's working the full-time job and financially making, you know, the, the most money in the relationship and... I love going out to eat when I only have to pay for myself. It is amazing. Man, I can get an appetizer. I can get two or three drinks. I can get a meal. I can get the dessert. I can bring half of it home and know that nobody's going to eat it. And I might, be, I might be able to stretch that for two to three meals. It's the best. But I hear all of your gratitude. It took me a long time. It took me a long time to know that I wasn't less than because I went to a restaurant by myself. Let's talk about another aspect of Valentine's Day. And you kind of mentioned it at the beginning, and I don't even know if you really realized what you had said or that I was going to pick it. Um, But you had said... I always pick guys that aren't worried about Valentine's or aren't worried about holidays, right? Yeah. Something along those lines. Something like that, yeah. There you go, victimizing yourself again. <laughs> um, because, right, I'm in a relationship where I have a guy who, I love you, Nick, but he is not romantic at all. There is not a romantic bone in that man's body. He, he does not plan holidays. We will not do anything for Valentine's Day. Right, we've been together 16 years, and I know that that's just not him. Now, did I pick someone that wasn't interested in holidays? No, we met in December, and our first Valentine's Day, he bought me flowers, he took me out, he, right, he, he portrayed one thing and he did another. Now, our second Valentine's Day, my birthday, our anniversary, right? He proved himself very many times over and over, and I chose to remain. Um, But I didn't pick some. Even my ex-husband, I didn't pick somebody who who didn't do that. If I had known that he didn't do that, who knows whether I would have picked him or not, right? Right. Uh, And and even my ex-husband, he did not do Valentine's Day, actually a very common link between them was that they always said it was just a corporate holiday. It was a made up holiday to get people to spend money. Um, I get it. I understand. 
doesn't change the fact that I would love to be at work and get some flowers and balloons and watch everybody coo over. Oh, yes. Right? It, it doesn't change the fact that I would love a surprise candle at dinner. It doesn't change the fact that on some of these holidays, I get caught up in what society says my significant other is supposed to do for me. And I don't even think about what I want. I don't want to wear a dress. Right. I don't want a candlelit dinner in a restaurant that you had to book six months in advance and wait three hours in line for. I don't want to be out on the roads with all of the traffic and the crazy people. Let alone it's on a Tuesday and I don't want to go out on a Tuesday. Like, who wants to go out on a weeknight? Right? <laughs> I don't, I don't really, I don't like fresh cut flowers that much. Mm-hmm. You're killing something to stick it in a vase to watch it die. Yep. That's my view of it, right? A lot of people love fresh cut flowers. That's great. Yes, I love receiving flowers, but it's the fact that they were thinking about me and wanted to do something nice. It's not the flowers themselves. And it doesn't mean anything on Valentine's Day because you're supposed to do it that. Exactly. The other thing I, one of the things that popped into my head when you were talking about that is, and I said earlier, and you meant, you know, like I picked men that were not into it, but let, let me be honest. Let me be a hundred percent honest. I also, if somebody would have said, asked me about flowers, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of flowers. I think they're a waste of money, blah, 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 blah. So the minute I say that now, whether I like flowers or not, has now, to them, well, she doesn't like flowers, so I'm not going to get her flowers. But then I'm pissed off because I don't get flowers. So I also have to remember that I have to be very careful when I go in, when I'm in a relationship and I go into a relationship, saying, not saying what I want and not, and what I mean. I can't, if I would like to get flowers once in a while, then I can't say, well, I really don't care for flowers. I think they're a waste of money. Maybe I need to say, I like flowers. I don't have, but I like impromptu flowers. I think I told Nick once uh, a very, very long time ago, I said, yeah, you ain't got to buy me a dozen roses. Just get me a Snickers and a Mountain Dew and I'll be happy. Right? Like literally something that, you know, I enjoy that shows me that you thought about me. Yep. And that will make me, it doesn't have to be amazing. We don't have to go all out. And honestly, like if you do it on Valentine's Day, it's not going to be nearly as special as if you do it on some random day. Because, again, on Valentine's Day, it's expected. Yep. Um, how fair is that? I, wow. <laughs> right? You're doing the exact same thing each day. But it means more one day than it does the other for no reason other than the actual date of the day. And society says it should mean more on that day than any other day. Talk about examining our thoughts, right? Yeah. So I don't have Valentine's Day plans, which I'm, again, it's being a Tuesday, totally okay with that. So what did I decide to do this year? Hey! Let's have a Valentine's Day meeting. And putting it out there, you were like, great. If I don't have plans, I'm in. And then I put it out in the meeting. And 
watching everybody's head be like, yes, yes, that's amazing. Yes, 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 yes. Right there alone shows that I am not alone. Oh, absolutely. There is not a single person alive who is alone unless they are choosing to be. Exactly. What I mean by that. Because right, I there's been many, many times that I sat in my bathroom on that floor and I just bawled my damn eyes out because I was alone. I felt like there was no one in the world that I could talk to and I had three kids that needed me and I was all they had. And I believed in the core of my, my being that I was alone, I could rely on no one, and everyone needed me. And it felt awful. I, I remember getting in the car and driving and thinking that I needed to get away from everything. But I couldn't get away from everything because I loved everything. So all I needed to get away from was me because I was bringing everything in. But how the hell do you get away from you? So I was just stuck. Um, right? Because... Suicide was not an option. I wouldn't even think I had three kids that needed me and I was all they had. So in examining how am I choosing to feel alone in this moment, it's not a conscious thought. I I am not saying, yeah, I don't want love. I'm going to be alone. It's not a conscious thought. It is a self-protection mechanism. It is a subconscious habit, right? We talked about how habits are neural pathways in your brain going from point A to point B. In order to change a habit, you have to change that neural pathway. It takes three weeks to form a new habit. It takes three weeks to form new neural pathways. This is the same thing, right? So I'm choosing to feel alone by squelching out that higher power. Right? I'm pushing it down. I'm pushing it away. I don't trust it. I don't have faith in it. By pushing out that maybe it's not a higher power in some people's minds. Maybe in some people's minds it's their inner voice or it's their, their gut instinct or people that believe in magic. It's the magical whatever inside of you, the energy inside of you. I, I don't care what you want to call it. It is that thing when you can't hear anything else, when all the rest of the world is at your throat, there's that itty bitty thing that says, I got you, I got you, I got you. Don't give up. We can do this. And I choose whether I hear that thing or not. Maybe subconsciously, it's not a choice, right? Consciously, it's not a choice. Maybe it's a subconscious. How do I change that? I change that by changing all these little habits, uh, these day-to-day habits. When I can finally hear that voice again, I have to choose to listen to it. As I choose to listen to it, I'm no longer alone because now I have my higher power. I have my energy. I have myself. I have the one thing in my life that will always be there. And me, my higher power, that's what it is. That's how I get from, that's how I got, that's how I'm getting, right? I'm not. I don't think anybody's ever 100% of the way there unless you are the, the higher power himself, right? Itself, God, Buddha, I don't care what, again, whatever you call it. Unless you are that higher power, 
I'm not 100% of the way there, and I don't think I ever will be, but being able to examine those thoughts like we previously talked about and being able to listen to that inner thing, I think that's how we get to the point where we're no longer feeling alone. We're no longer feeling lonely. We're no longer feeling like we need to run away from ourselves to be okay. So how do we do that? For me, I when I started, I remember the first time I went out to eat by myself. And I actually sat in a restaurant. I went to Bonefish and I sat at the bar because it's okay to sit by yourself at the bar. Right? That was my logic. Nobody will look at me odd if I'm sitting at the bar. So I, I went and I took I was I took a book, ordered food, had a drink, and I left. And the next time I did it, I went to um, Grillsmith. And I sat at the bar because, again, it's okay to sit at the bar. And I remember trying. I was like, okay, I can't. I got to push myself, right? I don't want to sit at the bar. The, t- the seats aren't comfortable. I want to go to a table. So I, I went, I, the first time I went to a restaurant and sat at a table, I remember it feeling uncomfortable, right? Because that a whole idea people are going to stare at me. But I had to do it in baby steps, right? This isn't a switch flip that all of a sudden this is going to be easy and comfortable. And I'm going to feel, I won't feel alone. It took practice. It took pushing my boundaries to do things that were uncomfortable and to realize the power that comes, that powerful feeling that like, ha, I did this, like, good job me, that comes with making those hard decisions traveling right that is something i picked up in during covid i started driving to indiana and back by myself well what else was i supposed to do i wanted to i wanted to travel so let me get in the car and let me go travel which means i have to stop and i the first time i came back from um indiana i decided i was going to get a hotel room and i was going to stay overnight in a place by myself and I did it. And it was the most wonderful thing. They had a, um, I, I picked a hotel that I wanted to pick that interested me, that had certain things that I wanted. And I didn't have, I was unapologetic to anyone because I didn't have to be. It was all about me because I was, it was just me. I had to worry about the dog. He don't care. He's not going to leave the room. And then... The next time I traveled, I decided to go to Gatlinburg and I added a day onto the stay instead of being overnight. So I only had to fill 12 hours worth of time. Oh, let me stay two nights. Let me stay three nights. And I worked my way up to being able to take a take a trip by myself. And I love it. I don't have to wait for a table for two they or a table for four or whatever. I think, I mean, you jump all the lines and 
But I, I had to take my time and work my way up to it. And that's how, for me, getting being able to travel and go out to eat by myself and realizing that I'm pretty damn good company. And I mean that. But it, like you said earlier, it took a lot of investigative work within myself to realize that. And not spend that time letting the, the hamster in the wheel rehash previous or future situations over and over and over. Now what I do when I go to eat, I sit down and I know what I'm eating and I'm very intentional with what I get and I make sure that I enjoy every single bite of it because for me, that's the experience as well. So what I heard you saying is you used to be worried that other people were judging you when you sat alone at a restaurant. Was that because, did you ever, and again, when I say because, I mean subconsciously, if you look back now, right, that word, what is that word, vision being 2020? Yeah. Hindsight being 2020, right? You look back now in hindsight, did you ever notice yourself looking at people alone in restaurants and wondering why they were alone? So, okay, so here's the truth. I actually never noticed anybody going out to dinner by themselves before. So I wonder why, and maybe you can answer it, why were you so worried that people would notice you being alone if you never noticed people alone? I, I honestly, I don't think I've ever noticed someone eating alone either. Because I wasn't looking out of my, I wasn't looking out of my head. I was looking in my head. What do you mean by that? I never lived my life looking outside of me like not in a selfish way but like right everybody that was filling my body up from head to toe that was my focus so my head my eyes and my brain were not looking externally I was right. so wrapped up in me what was going on in my life that I never took the time to be like wow I might notice somebody's shoes or I might notice somebody's dress right no big deal but to like that person's eating out by themselves. That's so cool. Like, I didn't even notice it because I was so oblivious to what was happening in my surroundings. See, and, and I think what I was thinking you were going to say and, and what I was... Hoping I was going to say? Not, no, I wasn't hoping you were going to say it because giving conversation doesn't mean I want you to feel that I way. I know. But <laughs> what I was thinking you were going to say is, well, yeah, because I used to notice people that when they were by myself, by themselves, and wonder what was right. Because usually, that which we fear, that which we worry about, is a reflection of what we think. Or maybe you felt like you sh maybe did you feel like you shouldn't be eating alone? Society says we can't eat alone. Maybe that's where I was going with that too. Right? That I agree with because that actually was a thought I had when I was saying that on top of what everything, you know, I do feel what I said. But at the same time, society says I shouldn't be eating alone because, right, I'm a woman. If I don't have a partner in my life, I'm an old maid. Right. And why would you need to like, like you should be trying to get a date and you shouldn't be eating alone. You should be on a, like a blind date or a Tinder date or some sort of 
get to know me date or right. You should be trying to find a next husband. I don't know why we still think that in this century. My goodness. It's so backwards. I mean, it, you know, we, we have the bachelor, you know, the guy that's single and the eligible bachelor. And, but again, we're the old woman, we're the old maid. Why can't I be an eligible bachelorette? Why it go? Well, and I think right, we do have the bachelor, bachelor, bachelorette, but they're still looking for someone right, to marry. They're still the model. They're still the young, right? The model and yeah. trying to date, not just going to a restaurant alone to have dinner. But right. even on that show, they're set out to 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 get a put a ring, have somebody put a ring on it. Right, right. They're not just happy alone going out to sit and have dinner because aren't you dating yet? Are you still single? My goodness, those questions used to drive me nuts. After I, uh, when I was after my second divorce, and I my I took the guy that brought me to Coda over to meet my family my well he had met my parents my sister had come into town so we went over for brunch and I had forgotten something in the house and we I we had left and I had to go back in because I forgot something and my when I walked in my mom's like well there she is just ask her to my sister and my sister's like well and she's like we were talking and I was just wondering if you were ever going to get married again would you ever get married again and I'm like, it. why is that the question we ask people? Why are you going to, will you ever get married? Or what, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to, you know, like, what if I don't want to be married? What if, Nick, Nick and I have been together for 16 years. We split up for three years in between. It's been about a year that we've been back together now. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard Aren't you all going to get married yet? Why aren't you guys married yet? When are you guys going to get married? You got a kid. Aren't you going to get married yet? No, sir, ma'am, person. We are not getting married. We're happy as we are. If we choose to get married, we will. Right. I spent a lot of money to get divorced the second time. A lot of money. Why would I want to go back into a that kind of situation at my age. I'm not saying I'll never get married. But what I am saying is I am 52 years old. I am looking at retirement. I am looking at why would I want to link myself with someone financially at this point in my life? Because outside, and I'm sorry if anybody disagrees with me, but a marriage certificate is a piece of paper. You and Nick have been married in your relationship together without having a piece of paper. Right. Well, and look, there's some people who truly and desperately want to be married for themselves, right? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. My, 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 my thing is... I think, right, society's views and what we push on our young people, what we push on our children. I I think that 
a lot of the times we don't even realize because again we don't examine our thoughts we don't examine the things that we say we don't even realize what we're doing let me tell you a quick story to help this i um i had a situation today where i had an appointment and there was absolutely nothing abnormal about this appointment i was super super anxious about it i mean like you had to check in and and when you checked in you had to push the buttons and push the numbers and when i went to push the numbers my hands were shaking and then after the appointment everything went great the appointment was great my levels were all good my blood pressure was great everything was perfectly fine again this was not a scary appointment after the appointment i felt like i robbed the damn bank <laughs> Like, I'm looking in the mirror, wondering where the cops are. I'm sitting at a red light going, hurry up, hurry up. Oh, my God, I got to go. Hurry up, I got to get out of here. Oh, and I have no, I had no zero reason, logical reason to feel the extent of how I was feeling. It took me an entire 30-minute drive home to calm my heart rate and bring my blood pressure down and stop my hands sweating. And then I had a headache no. for like two hours. And here's what, where the story, the important part of this comes in is, as I'm explaining this to Nick and to my daughter, I kept calling myself ridiculous. Ooh. I kept saying, oh, I was being ridiculous. It was just, my reaction was so drama queen ridiculous. And I was just using, and I, and I, I was using these very negative words to correct, to, to disgust myself and to describe this anxiety that I had absolutely no control over. And here I was negatively describing myself, right? I wasn't, I wouldn't go so far as beating myself up because I wasn't being mean, but I certainly was not being pleasant or compassionate or kind or nice. And I had zero control over this. I, I don't even know why. Like, there's no reason for it. And yet, as I was describing this, every time the word ridiculous or drama queen or absurd would cut them out of my mouth, I would stop and correct myself. And the first time I didn't, my 11-year-old looked at me and said, why does everybody always use ridiculous in such a negative way? You know, it could be a positive word too. And when she said that, I was like, oh crap, listen to me talking so negatively about myself. I have to verbally correct myself out loud get those side eye looks like are you sure you're okay because i said i said it was just so ridiculous no 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 that's not it wasn't ridiculous it was it was overly dramatic and and it was out of my control and i wish i wish i had control over it but it wasn't ridiculous ridiculous is negative and this is not a negative and it's right so nick would look at me or cameron would look and they would be like oh you all right there mom you okay <laughs> talking to yourself but i would correct it and after three times it, it took me three times of correcting it out loud when i went back to say the story and even now when i just told you guys the story i did not describe myself in any negative way I was, anxi I was anxious. 
I had no control over. Well, don't you, I, don't you feel it's ridiculous? And I'm using this word purposely. Don't you feel it's ridiculous that it took you three times to be able to do that? No, because two years ago, it would have taken me a week and a half. So, God, Ashley, that's ridiculous that it only took you three times. It's amazing, isn't it? Maybe. And it's, like, like Cameron said, it's ridiculous. It is. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculously that is such... amazing. Right? Ridiculous it can is... be positive. It really, and, and I don't know, right? That still doesn't feel right. Ridiculous still feels like a negative thing. And amazing still feels like a positive thing. Though, amazing is not necessarily positive. No. It's just very, very extreme, right? Yeah. It goes back to society has put these meanings on words and we have just run with it. And nobody, people try to change it, but right, you've got to get, it's not as easy as you would expect. It's just like a cuss word, right? A cuss word is a word. It is nothing else. It's four letters, five letters put together that mean nothing, only what we assign to it. It's the same thing with amazing. It's the same thing with ridiculous. Ridiculous can be positive. Amazing can be negative. It doesn't matter. Boy, that really shows you how much it really truly is just our perception that our brain decides as fact. Right. Right? So you could say, oh, that is so ridiculous. Look at it. And I could be like, what do you mean it's ridiculous? That's not ridiculous. That's amazing. Right. Like, yes, it is ridiculous. Or vice versa. And literally, the guy standing next to me could choose to hear the excitement in your voice and not take the word ridiculous negative, but choose to take it positive. Or, here I got a really good one for you. God. Ooh. Right? How many times did I used to hear that word and cringe all over? It had such negative connotation for me for a long time because my God was a demanding God. Judgmental. My God was, yes, judgmental. Controlling. Oh. Right? If you don't do this, you're going to burn in hell. Yes. Oh, that's a hell of a threat there, dude. Right? I remember at one point as a young child, I'm getting off track, but at one point as a young child, I was terrified that I was going to burn in hell because I was never baptized with by a priest with the cross and had godparents. Like I was never truly baptized. And this church that I went to with, with some absolutely amazingly wonderful people, that was their belief is that if you weren't baptized, you went to hell. Mm -hmm. And myself and my best friend at the time, I remember laying in bed crying multiple weekends visiting her because I was going to hell because my mom would not have me baptized. It was, so my God was not. So for a very long time, when I heard the word God, I would get defensive. I would feel attacked, right? Don't talk to me about that guy. He's an asshole. He's judgmental. I don't have any interest in him. Or he doesn't exist. He's not real. Yeah. You go have your Bible. Good luck, right? Whatever. And now when I hear somebody say the word God, it is not a negative thing. My brain immediately translates it to higher power and then energy, source, being, yep. all-powerful. It, it has nothing to do with this religion or that religion. 
and it used to be very much this specific religion god and really the word god means the most powerful being of all beings that that's all it means it doesn't mean catholic or christian or they are the only ones that can use the word god is this specific religion that's not what it means it just means that's how society has pushed us to use it but i can choose to hear it differently i can choose to process it differently if i want to which means i can choose and process going out to dinner by myself, buying myself flowers, buying myself candy, defining what is important to me to do for me on Valentine's Day or any other day of the year. Well, so I have a question for you, though, Don. Does, does it matter then what they say or what they think or what they want you to do or or what like what when they say god when somebody else says god their meaning of god does that matter no not to me because like you said when i hear that word i it just translates in my head to higher power but what if you are sitting at that table eating your valentine's dinner and that woman across the hall isn't really thinking that your dress is beautiful. What if she really is thinking that you're an old hag and, and you should be out looking for a husband? Then I'm really sorry for her that she has bought into societal views. views. And, and I does hope- Does her opinion matter? No, it does not matter. And I hope that one day she will have an opportunity to change that mindset, but that is that is her opinion and what she does with that her feelings in that moment her thoughts in that moment have nothing to do with me can you change them nope do you want to nope actually i don't even want to say no i don't care if i do Like, that's it. Because I don't care because I'm not giving this woman a second of my energy. If I say no, then that means I care. If I say yes, that means I care. I just don't care what their opinion is because it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Because as long as I'm good and I'm happy in that moment... And I'm loving myself be better than anyone has ever loved someone in ever, right? If I'm loving myself more than I've ever been loved, then it doesn't matter what anyone outside of me thinks, says, or does. So what we just heard was how we wish we all talk to ourselves on a daily basis, right? Yeah. Right? So... How I can see, Don, I can see you sitting at that table, eating your food, looking up and seeing somebody across the restaurant staring at you, going back to your food, seeing them still staring, going back to your food and be like, okay, what the hell are they looking at? Yeah, right? Do I have something on my face? Right? And, mm -hmm. and like, and then being like, well, wait a minute. <clears throat> Clear my, that my, hope my show, you guys can't see me. I'm putting my shoulders back and I'm wiggling my back and I'm sitting up upright and picking up my head. It doesn't matter what she thinks. I'm enjoying my dinner. Look how delicious this is. Now I'm going to have even more pleasure because somebody's attention's on me. Exactly. Look how much fun I'm having. 
I love being on people's attention usually. And even if her attention is negative, if she's not putting her negative on me, I can choose not to know it's negative because I really don't know. Right. I just think I know. That's a story. But I can, it is. But I can choose to think I know that it's a positive. You could be, you could be like death glaring me from across the room. And I'll look up and see the death glare and go, dang, I wonder if she's pissed off. Nope, she is not. It is none of my business. Eat my food. Here we go. Look how good it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter what she thinks. And it's not just with the stranger across the hall. It's with your significant other, my significant other. It's with my children. My children. My parents, my siblings. Yes. I love each and every one of you more than I can put into words. But I don't give a damn if you like what I'm doing with my life as long as I like what I'm doing with my life. You know, it's funny because I used to think, and I did not think about this until you just said something. I don't know why I correlated it. My sister, I've always looked at her that she's got this perfect little life. She's got the white picket fence and the blue house and the just the beautiful bright blue, just beautiful. Perfect yard, flowers, da, 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 da. Great marriage, you know, all that stuff. You know, you just what you picture in a person, in a, in a happy. But she, My w- sister and her husband bought their house before they had their son. Like yeah. how perfect. And it's an amazing okay. house and it's perfect size. Everything you just said. And let me guess, is she your younger sister? She is. She's eight years younger than me. Mine is six years younger than me. Yep. But, and I say that because she does have this perfect, and she, like, right, five, you know, they're going to have their house paid off in five years. She won't even be 50 and da-da-da. Like, right, they're just, but she won't travel by herself. She won't go out to eat by herself. Unless she goes to the grocery store, she's not doing stuff by herself. So what does this idea of what we said, or I said, about her perfect life, how is that perfect? Because society says that's where per- that's perfect. Maybe there are women out there or men out there that look at my life as perfect. Oh, there are. Exactly. Right, there's people out there that have told me for years that they look up to my life, like they look up to me as like a mentor as far yeah. as parenting and home ownership and and here I sit going, what the hell are y'all looking at? Right. What are you guys looking at? For real, what are y'all looking at? I'm falling apart. Not anymore. Right? I'm faking now. it till I make it. I'm this, I'm this. It's like, and then I'm like, no, my life is perfect. My life is perfect for Dawn. And that's all that matters. And it's going to take a very, 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 very special person, special man, to find a spot in that life. Well, right, I mean, any man, any person, any any human that you bring into your life is going to be special. Right. I think it'll take, it'll take that, it's not just the right person, but the right time and the right situation yes. and the right, like there's so many rights that have to line up. And so many lessons that we have to have learned in order to attract that right air quotes here. Because, again, I don't know that there is one right person. I, right, I, I agree. There's many possible right people. But 
we attract that which where we are, right? So yep. the level of growth and healing and understanding and emotional sobriety that we have is the level of all of those things that we are going to attract in our significant other, in our work partners. It is what we are going to raise in our children. The level of, like, it's like I max out, if I, right? If I'm no longer growing, then I'm maxed out and I cannot attract that which I cannot understand. Therefore, the things that I'm attracting about people, the people that I am attracting, if there's things about them that I'm like, holy red flag, what is happening here? I need to look within and figure out what, what growth do I need to do so that I don't attract that again. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it is about timing. It's about the stars aligning because it can't be one. I have based my relationship choices on one thing or a couple of things when I've entered into them. Instead of just looking at the whole big picture from an aspect of, is the timing right? Am I in a good headspace? I normally would look for relationships when I was feeling alone. And as right. long as they filled the void, they and were good I, enough. And, and that, right, as long as they filled the void, they were good. And that's, I think, why they say, that I, again, they is in air quotes, because I don't even know who they is, yeah. but they say, when you stop looking, that's when you'll find what you're looking for, right? As, as soon as you decide that you're not dating, I'm not interested in being in a relationship, boom, there's a relationship. But every single darn time. But I can't sit back on my couch and get never put myself out in the world and expect Mr. Right, air quotes on Mr. Right, to walk through that door. I have to live my life. I have to put myself out in the world. Absolutely. Right? You got to grab that life paddle. That life spring is not just going to grab a hold of you and you got to grab it and then you got to kick yourself kick your feet to get back to the boat right I, that probably made little sense right if somebody's tossing you a life ring you have to grab onto it yep it's not going to hold you you have to hold it and then you have to kick your feet you have to work to save your own life you have to work to grow you have to work to have a healthy relationship none of this Unless you have, and I honestly, I don't know that it's possible to have this. I, I, I don't, I don't know what the percentages are. It'd be interesting to know. But unless you have parents who made zero mistakes and you had an absolutely 100% perfect childhood, um, then there's room for growth. <laughs> and even then, there's room for growth, there's room right? For growth. You can't possibly know everything and experience everything. There will always be something I don't know. There will always be something I don't understand. There will always be something I need to learn. Yep. As long as I am open to that, then I'm open to growth. And as long as I am growing, I will continue to receive relationships. And I'm not just talking about romantic, right? Partnerships in work, partnerships, friendships, children, everything, as long as I continue to grow 
those old people, because right, they may not be old age-wise, but the relationships have been outgrown. I'm no longer at that level I was. Those people fall off, and that makes room for new to come in. But again... Right, I can't find someone new if I haven't let go of the old. Right, and I can't sit here in buried in my house and be afraid to put myself out in the world and expect to meet people, meet friends, meet new people. Right. It doesn't happen right, that way. And so there's also this part of, you know, going out to dinner and sitting at a table by myself is a lot different. I'm not going to probably meet someone sitting at it. Not saying that I won't, but like the opportunity to have a conversation and get to, to talk to somebody isn't going to happen sitting at a table by myself. I might need to choose to sit at the bar and go to a little bit busier of a place because I can have an interaction with people. If I go down here to, I go out on a Wednesday night down here to this semi-nice restaurant by my apartment, there's nobody in there. There might be one other person at the bar, maybe a handful of people eating dinner. I'm not gonna meet, I'm, I could, I'm not saying it can't happen, but if I'm always sitting in my safe, my safe zone, my comfort zone. If right. I always stay in my comfort zone, then I'm not growing. Right. And, and right, the way that I like to describe that is it's a stair-step progression, right? So this safe restaurant on a Wednesday night, that might be a great first or second step. But maybe the meetup kayaking group for singles is step 10. Right. So I got to start here at this very first step of eating alone at this table in this empty, quiet restaurant. And then maybe the next step is eating at the bar at this restaurant. And then maybe I eat at the table at a busier restaurant. And then maybe I eat at the, right? And I just take those stair yes. step pro progress until I get to where, and look, if I go to take the next step up, and I get to step seven, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do it. I just got to go back down to step six. It's, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. I can get back up to step seven eventually. I don't need to be there now if I can't handle it. There's the very, very first and most important thing is accepting myself where I am. So Friday night, I am... I have, and the kayak meetup groups is my thing, right? That's kind of how I got into kayaking. That's how I've met some people. But I have decided I am going to go to World of Beer. And it's a um, 40 plus group. They are not a out kayaking group. They are actually a social group. And I've decided that I am going on Friday I don't know anyone. Um, this means I have to sit in a restaurant or world of beer with, I don't know how many people, 12, 15 people are going right now. And, and you know you're going to get talked to. Exactly. I know that. Right. That's the point of this is you know random strangers are going to approach you and ask you questions and try to get to know you. Yep. Or maybe they won't. And I won't go again to that one. But there'll be another one that will be. And that is the beautiful thing. I'm not trying to advertise here for a meetup. That's not the thing.
But man, Meetup has been an amazing tool, is an amazing tool when you need to get to want to get to know people and don't know how to do it. There is an opportunity for to do everything possible out there. And that's awesome. It, it is. And I'm so I'm using this platform to be able to say out loud to the universe that I am going on Friday night to World of Beer with this meetup group and have not met any of these people because I'm going to go. Because now, when you ask me next time how it went, I got to go now. That's it. Because I put it out in the universe. Because now I have to do it. Now, something could come up, right? But I am honest enough with you to be able to say, and I think that's the thing, right? You have to have somebody you trust. I am, right. I could say to you easily, I chickened out, <laughs> right? Or I decided, right? But I could say that to you, but I'm not going to want to. I'm going to push and, my and boundaries and with that, and I'm going to go. Absolutely. And if that does happen, if for some reason you do chicken out, as you called it. Yeah, right. I don't know if, if for some reason you do decide not to go. That's okay. It is. I, I wouldn't beat you up for that. Nobody because would. Then we'll just, right, you'll just go sit at the bar at that busy restaurant a few more times and get approached by a few people there, and then you'll be more confident and comfortable and try another group. Right. And the, and the funny thing is about... I have gone to kayak meetup groups. I travel by myself. I, right very active in coda like i do all of these things but to go to world of beer and sit on a friday night for some reason or go to any like that kind of thing it scares me because well, you know that you're gonna be approached i know i know that logic, and we talked about this the last one logic and feelings are not the same thing logically i know that I'm going to go, I'm going to talk to people, I'm going to have a great time. And so what if I don't have a great time, right? So what if, let's say I go and it's an okay time. Well, I live and learn, I right? I I got out of the house. But I am going to go and I will, I will be approached and I'll talk to people, I'll have a good time. But that doesn't mean logically, I mean, that I know logically, but that doesn't mean those feelings inside that on Friday afternoon, when I have to get around and I'm like, the thoughts aren't going to go be going in my head, but I have to keep them separate. Logic and my feelings are two very different things. So that kind of leads us into the difference between the logic and the feelings and what we go do when those don't match. Yes. Um, and before we go too far into that, I just want to like... So write my story today. I was feeling on the verge of a panic attack. Like I was heart racing, hands sweating. I was sweating. My blood pressure, my face was bright red. Like my, my heart was just pound. And there was zero logical reason for it. Literally, there was zero logical reason. So what did I do? What could I do? I just had to feel it out and wait for it to pass. And that's, that's all I could do. Oh, wait for okay. it to pass. Well, I think we need to get in uh, in a future episode. We will. We should talk about logic and feelings for sure. But I think we also need to bring our Valentine's Day uh, um, episode to a close and kind of wrap it up. I really encourage people over the next week or so, 
push your boundaries, push your boundaries. Even if it's just going out for lunch in the middle of the day, something to take step one in pushing your boundaries from a social perspective. Or maybe it's something as simple as picking up the phone and calling someone. Yeah, because that's just as hard. That can be just as hard because, oh my God, what if they don't answer? So they don't. I think that's a great place to leave off until uh, next week for sure. I think that's great. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Um, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day, Dawn. Love to all. And make sure you check out the website at workityouareworthit.com. Um, check out the podcast that comes out weekly on Tuesdays. So every Tuesday, like, subscribe, download. So thank you. Ashley, have a great week. You also. I hope you have an amazing week. And I hope everyone has had a wonderful Valentine's Day. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. All right. Talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it. I will find you. You will ask, what will you do when they find me? I will find you. Give the answer to your question. What will I do when I find you? I don't have to think, I don't have to think myself When I find you, I don't have to think, I don't have to Say